Hey guys, welcome back to Real Beard News. I'm your host, Sean, and I'm fighting a cold. And it's been a very damning cold, but my cold is no match for that of a very evil spirit that we're going to talk about very briefly in Poltergeist. Poltergeist is a movie that takes place, that, or that came out in 1982, so it takes place around the same time. Um, we see a very American dream family moving into the suburbs where the dad is very successful in selling um, the property or selling land, basically real estate. He sells real estate. He does real estate. And, um, yeah, he has a house, and all of a sudden, weird crap starts to happen. At first, they thought that it was a friendly ghost in the home uh, because it was moving, like it would slide the chair from one point to another. It would slide the kid, Carol Ann. Remember that name because that name is important. Um, it was like Carol Ann on the floor. Um, and, and the things start to happen fairly quickly in this movie. And it was a pretty cool movie for its time because it had a lot of, excuse me, special effects that um, if you didn't know, like at the time they were like out of this world. For example, we see a floating horse, I think it was, and we see a bunch of other cool things. And they did a lot of like... A lot of visual effects in this movie were pretty, pretty cool for the time. Now, if you watch it today, it looks a little tacky. It looks really bad. But in 1982, it was the craze for sure. Um, but basically, this family moves into this house. Uh, the house is haunted, for lack of a better word. And no one is the wiser. Um, but then... There was one night where there was a like severe thunderstorm and Caroline and her brother ended up sleeping in the parents' bedroom. Um, and then the TV turns on automatically and we have the very, very creepy line. Here. Which then leads to a bunch of crap happening um, where it, and actually that's the beginning of all the crap happening where it starts out small and they think that whatever's in their house is pretty benevolent um but the reality is that there's some benevolent and some malignant now what ends up happening is carol ann gets sucked into her closet during another thunderstorm that breaks through their window through the kids window um and it was just very very clear that that was going to happen um but after those things started happening, like I don't, it doesn't really tell you how much time has passed. It just has passed quite some time, um, and the, the father has to say that he has like the flu or something, and the whole family has the flu. That's why he hasn't showed up to work. But in reality, it's that you know his daughter's missing, and a bunch of weird crap is happening to the point that they can't even be in the kids' room. They get attacked or pushed out. Um, eventually they reached out to some parapsychologists that determined that there's a poltergeist in the home. And after certain events happening to the parapsychologist, they reach out to a spiritual medium, which is a very, very creepy lady. Um, but one of the best characters that I've ever seen in a movie, especially in a horror movie. 80s just had a, a lot of badass things going on for him at the time. And she says that Although there's many people in the house, um, there's a dark entity 
in the realm with Carol Ann called the Beast. And this is the thing. Well, I think she says, like, it's called by many names, but the one that we know him mo- by the most is the Beast, something along those lines. Essentially, and I think, like, at this point, they were trying to say that it was, like, the devil. I think that's what they were going for, but I'm not quite sure. Um, however, she devises a plan of how to get Caroline back, and as they put the plan in action, um, everything's going great, and they get Caroline, and boom, end of movie, right? But no, because there's more. We do get some um, exposition uh, from Stephen, who is the father, um, from his boss, actually. Because uh, they had a, a little conversation because he's like, oh, I don't want you to leave. You know, you're one of my best employees. I should have made your partner a long time ago, yada, yada, yada. You know, trying to butter him up around and make him go back to work. But um, he he's telling him how he could have a new house that is going to be built in a new property that they acquired. And it just so happens to be in a cemetery. And he says, oh, well, you know, it's not like we haven't done it before. Hinting that the place where they built at previously, also known as where Stephen currently lives, used to be a cemetery. And Stephen understands this, even though it wasn't explicitly said. He understood what was being said. But at this point, he didn't put two and two together. Uh, He just knew he wanted to get the hell out, and he didn't want another kid missing. Um, But as when we get Carol Ann back and we think, okay, conclusion of the movie... Um, it gets crazier because the beast is mad that Carol Ann is not in the hellhole that he had made for her, I guess. Um, and so, like, the beast go ha- goes ahead and, like, full-on attacks the mom, attacks Carol Ann and her brother. And Carol Ann is the younger between the two. Uh, there's actually three siblings. There's an older daughter, uh, a brother, and then there's Carol Ann. Uh... And, yeah, he attacks everybody in the house, which was the mom and two kids. The older sister had gone out on a date, and the dad was basically blowing off, like, telling his his boss to shove it, that he was quitting. Um, and that's where everything went down, right? And so, eventually, we get to, they were building a pool. Steven was building a pool, or he was paying someone to build a pool. And the mom, Diane, falls into the the pit where the pool is going to be installed or or built on and bodies start coming out like skeletons start coming out and so now we have the full story that his boss when they bought the land instead of moving the bodies all he did was move the gravestones and so that's why every spirit is pissed that there's people disturbing their resting at that time and so, a fun fact about Poltergeist is that they actually used, for that scene, real skeletons, because it was cheaper than buying the fake ones. This shows you how far we've gone in movies, because nowadays, you, you, we wouldn't have that. We, we would pay the price of the cheaper ones. But back in the days, um, yeah, it was cheaper to buy a fake, I mean, a real uh, skeleton than it was to buy a fake one. So, they used the real things. Um, and that being said, there's a lot of like, what can I say, legends and stories of like weird things happening on the set because they had these bodies. Um, but yeah, so as 
they, as the dad drives back home, and he's seeing all these flashing lights and stuff like that, um, his boss is also, like, arriving. He's like, you son of a bitch. You moved the gravestones, but not the bodies. You didn't move the bodies, you son of a bitch. And it's, like, one of the greatest dramatic scenes that this movie has. Um, and again, for the time, it was great. When I was a kid, I was, I'm a nineties kid. And so when I was like eight or seven or nine, um, I remember watching Poltergeist and it scared the hell out of me, especially the scene where the skeletons come out, not knowing that those were real skeletons, but now, you know, now I know, uh, though that entire thing was just scary. It was spooky. Uh, aside from the fact that <coughs> in my own personal life at that age, uh, there was some paranormal stuff happening at my house as well. And so it just all tied together. Um, it was great. But eventually all family members are released and they book it. They leave. They don't come back to that to that home. And so all the coffins like appear all of a sudden, which was a very weird scene. But eventually... Uh, the family checks into a motel room, and then Steven immediately rips out the TV and just pushes it outside, and that's it. They fleed the demonic house, the po- the poltergeisty house. But we do have a couple of, you know, sequels after part one. One that kind of retcons the whole concept of they were on Holy Land or, or on a cemetery, their home. And so because they were there that's why it happened what they actually went with uh, when they did part two was that um below their home was the area where an evil cult leader and his following died in like the 1820s and that was the beast he was the beast and so that's why everything was happening to them was because he wanted to harm them and then in part three, um, we go and we just follow Caroline. She's the only one that is a consistent character in the third one. In the second one, we still have the full family. On the third one, not so much. Um, but we follow her a little older, obviously. And it's about portals into an earthly plane. They also established on the second one that all the women in the house were uh, psychics. And that's why they wanted her. Uh, interesting concept, but it kind of loses what the first one was about, and I think the first one was amazing. Uh, in 2015, we did get a remake by Sam Raimi. It was a lot creepier than the first one, um, and obviously the special effects were better. The clown in this movie, uh, in both the original and the remake, are creepy as hell, and I definitely recommend it. I think Poltergeist is one of those movies that you just have to watch as a rite of passage, especially for Halloween. Um, we're on day 12 of Halloween, and you definitely need to be watching Poltergeist. If you're not watching Poltergeist, what are you even watching? Movies? Horror movies of today just follow a very, very basic formula, uh, and they were just a lot better back in the day. So I think you should watch it. I think you should give it a try. And that's it. So, between the next time that I see you and I tell you what you should be watching or what you should be avoiding, don't forget, keep reading those comic books, keep watching the anime, rock and roll, Above it all, stay nerdy, guys. <laughs>